So this morning is a big deal. Can I hear an amen? amen? It's a big deal. Because people are giving us a picture of what happened to them when they trusted Christ. But not just that. They are communicating to you that they are dedicated to following God's word and his teaching. So not only is it a, is it a, a picture of, uh, of the old man dying, the, the resurrection to the new life, but it's also a picture of I am going to walk in the newness of life. So basically I am making a commitment to Jesus Christ and I'm testifying to you. So it is a really big deal. They're becoming followers of Christ. Okay, so baptism is just a physical form of a spiritual reality of the work that God has done on the inside. They are following his commandment. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says this. Therefore, he's talking to the disciples, talking to the church. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Win people to Christ. And then notice it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is a command. And so these 12 people, I think there's 12, 11 or 12, they are literally obeying the Bible. Not just that, they're following Jesus' example. Jesus himself was baptized. All right, John the Baptist baptized him. So we're going to look at three things. Quickly, won't be long, because uh, we want to jump into the celebration. All right. First of all, baptism is a picture of death. Verse 4 tells us, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death. All right? It's a picture when this tank is a grave. Picture of a grave. All right? And they're going to step into the grave, and then we're going to bury him. So it's a picture of the old man's death. All right? That's what they're testifying that they are dying to the old life and they are raising to the newness that's in Christ. All right? Although we can never conquer the flesh, understand that. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says this. A lot of people think that when you're, when you're saved, the old man is gone completely. It says, if we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves <laughs> and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sin to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or wickedness here. Okay? So it's not like they're never going to sin again, okay? But they are they have this desire to live for God. Okay? Look what 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says. This means if anyone belongs to Christ, he has become a new person. The old life is gone, and now a new life has begun. So there's this, there's this desire, this longing to live for God. And that's what these people tell. They're telling you, they're publicly testifying. It's too bad we couldn't get in front of the whole city, amen? Testifying that they are going to strive to live for God. They're going to live this holy life. So number one, it's a picture of death. Number two, it's a picture of deliverance, all right? And by that, I mean resurrection, all right? Baptism is a picture of death. It's a picture of the resurrection. Jesus Christ has given us new life. Look at these scriptures with me. 1 John 5.12 talks about, He that hath the Son hath life. So God has given us life. 
Then he's also given us abundant life, John 10, 10. Okay, so the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have what? Life. Now, I don't think this word says abundant, but I like that word satisfying, don't you? That's pretty cool. Jesus gives us abundant life, and it is definitely satisfying. All right? So we have life, we have abundant life, and we have everlasting life. All right? John 3.16 is which everyone knows. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So baptism is a picture of the resurrection. When the believer is lowered into the water, it symbolizes death of the old person. And when he comes up out of the water, it signifies or it's a symbol of the new life that they have received. Now, the great thing about this, this new life, since we have a new life, we do not have to fear death because we have life. We have everlasting life. We have satisfying life. John chapter 5, verse 24 says this. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who has sent me, now King James says, has everlasting life. All right? They will never be condemned for their sin because they pass from death and life. When a person receives Jesus Christ, they receiving what he's done on the cross for them. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it was finished because he paid for the sin debt of the world. And so when we receive Jesus, the Bible says in 1 John 1, or John 1, 12, as many as received him, to them gave you the right to become the sons of God. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive this eternal life. And Jesus already paid for our sins on Calvary, so we will never be condemned for our sins. So we don't have to worry about death in this life is nothing more than an open door into eternity. Heaven with the Lord. That's what it is. So so those that have, have got this new life, they don't have to be afraid of death. They don't have to fear Satan. He's no more power. I wish I could read all the verses. Let's read a couple of them. Romans 8, 33. We'll go to verse 33 and 34. Who dares to accuse us who God has chosen for his own? All right? Who dares? Well, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Okay? And then he says, no one. For God himself has given us the, a right standing with himself. So those that have trusted Christ, we have this perfect standing with God. We stand before him dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because when he died on the cross, he took our sin, but then he gave us his righteousness. We're not standing before God in our own righteousness because our own righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. Everybody following? That stinks. All right? So we have his righteousness. Then it goes on. Who then can condemn us? Who can judge us? Condemn us for our sins. And I love this. No one. No man. No, not even ourselves. Not even Satan. No one can judge us for Christ already died for us. Now, if he just stayed in the ground, so what? But he rose from the dead. All right? He completely paid it and was raised to life for us and is sitting, now notice this, and is sitting at the place of honor or the right hand of God pleading for us. 
Okay, so even when we do stumble and fall, every believer is going to stumble and fall. Guess what Jesus is doing right there at the right hand of the Father? Isn't that good? So we don't have to fear when death actually comes. We don't have to fear Satan. We don't have to fear anything. Because Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father and is pleading our case. He's saying, that, 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 that fleener down there, I know he's kind of a mess, but, but I've already paid for that sin. Isn't that good? Got here, amen? amen? Fleener, this is good preaching. Praise God. All right? So, so he's right there and he's talking to the Father. But I love this, the scripture here. It says he's pleading for us. He's literally between us and the Father because there is no, no one else. There is, there is no other mediator between us and the Father. Zilch. Jesus Christ himself. So we have to go through him. So we don't have to fear. Death, Satan, uh, there's nothing to fear. 1 John 4, 8 completely says that. We're almost done. 1 John. Do you have that one? 418, I'm sorry, my bad. Such love has no fear Perf- because perfect love gets rid of, expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. But guess what? We're never going to be punished for our sins because Jesus already is punished for it. Okay? We don't have to fear it. But sometimes we just don't believe that, right? Can I hear an amen? We just don't, it doesn't sink from here to here. We need to understand that on the cross, it's gone. So we don't have to fear the punishment that will, that will fin- finally come. Okay? And this shows that we have not fully experienced or understand His perfect love. We have nothing to fear. All right? Baptism is a picture of death. It's a picture of deliverance, which is resurrection. And it's a picture of dedication. I did all these for, for you. Amen? Dedication. The phrase buried with him in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, and this is also planted together with him, speaks of identification. When a child of God is baptized into water, he's identifying himself with Jesus Christ, with his death, and with his resurrection. He's literally identifying himself. Now, understand that this baptism saves no one. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) I have to say that because I'm not hearing a lot of amens, all right? Okay, so baptism doesn't save anyone because baptism is a work of the flesh, okay? I'm going down, they're going down in the water, it's a work of the flesh. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. God saved you by His grace when you believed. When you believed, and you believed on what He did on the cross, you believe that He is your Savior, and you receive Him, then He saves you by His grace, and you can't take credit for this. It is a what? gift okay you don't have to work for gifts salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done none of us can boast about it salvation is a free gift okay baptism is an outer symbol 
of the inward work of God. It is a testimony for Christ. When somebody gets saved or somebody gets baptized, they're saying, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I've received him, and I'm not ashamed to identify myself with him. That's the main thing, okay? If you will not get baptized and you refuse to, it's, a, it's just identification. It doesn't wash away sins. It's basically saying, I'm identifying myself with Jesus Christ, with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. I'm identifying. I'm publicly making a statement that I am now not ashamed of Christ. I'm openly telling people I'm not ashamed. So when people say, I don't want to get baptized, I don't want to walk in front of everybody, maybe it's because you're a little fearful to say I'm a believer. I'm just simply saying this is a big deal because these 11 people are not ashamed. They're not ashamed. And we're living in a confusing world. Most people don't go to church. We no longer live in a kind of Christian nation that we used to. I'm old enough to remember all of this, and we're turning away from God. But guess what? We still have to obey Scripture and publicly identify with Jesus Christ. So it's, it's, a, it's a big deal for these people. And I want you to get excited when they, when they come up here and get baptized. I'm not going to jump on them. I was only kidding, showing a video. I'm not going to hold them under like I told, I told Chase I was going to hold him. His mom texted me this morning and asked me to hold him under two minutes. I said, no. Yeah, I didn't. I said, I will. Okay. Uh, well, we can have some guys that can hold longer if you need that. But uh, So... But they are not ashamed. Understand that. And so when they get baptized up here, they're publicly saying that. All right. So at this point, we're going to go get the kids. Okay. And we want them to come in. Uh, there's all the kids are going to see their parents. We want them to experience as well. So they're going to get the kids. The kids are going to come in. Uh, not the nursery kids, but the, the first through fourth grade. They can sit with you or they can sit. We got chairs back there. They can sit back there. Okay. But at this time, we're going to have the band come. We're going to sing one more song. It's a great song about salvation. Jason, go ahead and say what you need to say up here. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just come to you this morning. We just thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful friends that you have brought to yourself. Thank you for their salvation, Lord. We rejoice with them that they're now your children. We rejoice with them that they publicly testified that they're not ashamed. And God, I pray that you would have your hand upon them as they begin this new journey, as they begin their new life. Father, may they take it seriously and just get into the word of God and follow. Not my teaching, not man's teaching, but your teaching straight from the Bible. God, bless them, have their hand upon them. May they be used by you to reach multitudes for Christ. And Father, we'll give you the praise and all the glory for what you're going to do in the future days with all of these dear folk. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.